Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised... Press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. Kevin, what, after many, many years, did we just watch? We just watched something called, uh, I actually watched this program <laughs> when it originally aired back on September 22nd, 1979. It was the Night of the Wizard, which was the first episode of A Man Called Sloan. I was not quite eight years old. I was still a young man of seven years. Uh, I was very, I was a big fan of the James Bond films. 
I saw the advertisements for this. <laughs> it was on Saturday nights. I watched every episode of this series. I was brokenhearted when it went off the air. At the time, I remember being very impressed with its high production values, the witty scripts, the charismatic acting by the likes of Robert Conrad and Dan Hurley. <laughs> the time no, I thought parts of it were a bit risque, I felt. I can't believe you forgot Torque. Torque. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. But I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. G2 Kambuka. Torque is a guy with an artificial hand, which I thought was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Uh, the show, I believe, lasted uh, either 12 or 13 episodes. It was off the air by the end of 1979, never to return. So I did not see a second of this show from 1979 until earlier today when I watched the opening credits on YouTube at a fried chicken place. With you, and then uh, when we got home today, we said, let's watch an episode. And you said, Kevin, let's watch the first episode. See where the magic began. Night of the Wizards got bound to have magic. Spells, yes. maybe. Uh, Robert Conrad, perhaps best known for his role in the Wild Wild West. Uh, during a rare quiet moment in this episode, I, I took a moment to look him up on Wikipedia. Did you know he apparently, uh, late in life, was involved in an age gap relationship? I mean, a lot of actors are, so it's not that surprising. Okay, then we'll just let that go. <laughs> this episode, I, I should, I, I also feel, should be mentioned that it includes a guest appearance by one Roddy McDowell. Yeah, <laughs> amming it up. <laughs> Is he the wizard? Is he the wizard? The eponymous wizard? I, I don't know. No one knows. This was insane. This was way weirder than I thought it was going to be. It's like really basic, but also like has so many weird... Like the, the ending image is going to haunt me. We'll get to that later. We don't have to. So, as Kevin said, Sloane's like this super spy. In this episode, Roddy McDowell... It, it, well, it, it starts off with Sloane in an airplane... And he's Sloan. <laughs> Sloan is in this helicopter being piloted by a beautiful woman, and he's bantering sexily with her. <laughs> at least at the time, not quite eight years old. I thought this was really <laughs> <laughs> a little bit too much. Let's just get to the action. Sloan has. Uh, <laughs> Sloan is playing Mr. Exposition, and he's explaining that, uh, you know, sexy pilot lady, I've just uh, hired a man to steal three pellets, which I'm now going to deliver to somebody. And she says, well, guess what? You're going to be delivering it to him in about three minutes. He's three minutes? You can't land this plane in three minutes. And she says, uh, who says I'm landing? And she pushes a button. His seat turns, and he and the seat go out of the plane. So, first of all... <laughs> Never flying Spirit Airlines again. Wouldn't that be expensive to, like, lose seats that way? Like, anytime you kill a man or... or you, is, drop him it, off. Yeah, just drop him off. It's equipped with a parachute. Uh, 
why not just land? Uh, you parachuting can be dangerous. Don't people break their necks doing that? So it could be a really good way to. I I don't know. The- and also, also doesn't it endanger the pellets? <laughs> yes, these very important pellets could go falling to their deaths. Did you understand the pellets? No. <laughs> they could have just called them the MacGuffins. <laughs> very important that he deliver these three MacGuffins. So he he lands, and some big, strong, beefy guy. A real piece of work. <laughs> mm. he, he comes and he says, I'm the chauffeur for the bad guy. Give me the pellets. Here, test them. And then he'll pay you uh, what you uh, what, he, what he owes you. And uh, Sloan says, sure, no problem. I've got no reason to, to fear you testing these pellets. These pellets are A number one pure pellets. That's the Sloan guarantee. This, this doesn't make me nervous at all, he says. So the guy goes with the pellets to uh, a limousine where Roddy McDowell is waiting with his little pellet testing machine. <laughs> and he tests them, and, of course, they're fake pellets. They can't even bother with real pellets. So they're fake pellets, and he says, go and, he, go and kill him. Because he's 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 trying to rob us. He's trying to cheat. Trying to sell us fake fucking pellets, that creep. Yes. And what what else would we you just do? wasted an airplane seat over this jackass? I'd kill him too. Yeah, anybody would. <laughs> Sloan brought this on himself. He re- he really did. So this big beefy guy goes to kill Sloan, <laughs> and not with any weapon he has on him. He, like, breaks a branch off a tree and and says, okay, I'm going to kill you with this branch. And we should mention that this big, beefy guy uh, appears to be in his, like, early 20s. Okay. Sloan is kind of uh, an out-of-shape guy who's, like, 50. <laughs> is that fair to say? I, I'm bad at guessing ages, but, yeah, thereabouts. Guess his age. Sure, I I agree with you. I'm saying I agree with you. I'm fifty. I what, what are you trying to are you trying to get me to compare you to Sloan? Compare me to Sloan. Jesus, Christ. do it. Jesus, Does Sloan look better than me, worse than me. You're about the same. Oh my God, this is just pathetic. Sloan's got nothing on you, babe. You're a beautiful, confident man. I'm more like that robot. Oops, spoiler. Oh no, you gave it away. So he hits, he tries to hit Sloan with the stick, and then suddenly something happens. I think I turned away from the screen for a second, but suddenly the big beefy guy's not moving. He got wrapped up in a parachute. No, th- oh, oh ask- I'm sorry. He stops moving, which gives Sloan the clever, I'll wrap him up in the parachute, knock him over, and roll him down the hill to the limousine. Because this is like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, I guess. So he does that. At which point, uh, Roddy McDowell pulls him into the car, and we learn that he's a robot. And at this point, I'm thinking, oh, this is kind of gruesome. This guy is like, is he going to start keening over his henchman's corpse? What's happening? And then you and I, you know it's a good episode of television when this happens. You and I turned to each other, locked eyes, and said at the same time, one, two, three, he's a robot. Robot. 
stupid. And in, in real life, if Roddy McDowell was making handsome male robots, it probably would not be to take over the world. But this is fiction. Was he gay? Wasn't he? I don't know. No, I'm no. Should we to cut that part out? Yes. So what happens next? Next, don't we follow uh, Mr. Sloan? We fo- a man called Sloan. A man called Sloan goes to a office called whatever the fuck CIA. I don't know. Goes into this cheap. And I want to. I want to emphasize to everybody something. The the production values are like negative ten dollars. Basically, I, I I feel like I, <laughs> I I read on the Wikipedia page that this was considered like pretty high production values at the time and just god help you people in the 70s or whenever this was but it, it looks terrible uh the the lighting's off everything it just looks like it was filmed on like a a flip phone or something but they uh there's a sassy t- computer in the office who's like a woman who's flirts with Sloan Torque is his henchman or like sidekick dude who's like has a big fake arm uh and then there's the boss who seems to be attempting to do an Irish accent, which just made me feel really depressed. And he actually was an Irishman. Seriously? Yes, I looked. Was it he up. born in Ireland? I believe he was. I'll look it up. Uh, 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 make haste to his Wikipedia page. His accent sounded fake. I don't know what to say. He just sounded really off. Maybe he was an Irishman trying to do an American accent and failing. He was born in Wexford. County. Jesus Christ! Well, I'm I'm sorry to this man, but did he sound off to you? I thought he sounded wonderful. I think he sounded like he was talking with like his mouth full. It was bizarre. Wexford County, Wexford. R.I.P. Wexford. Jesus Christ. Alma mater, University College, Dublin. Yeah, that's where my great uncle went. So, they might have known each other. I might have insulted this uh, one of his fellow alumni. Jesus, you have some apology letters to write. <laughs> Oof, jeez. When did when did you when would your uncle have gone there? Uh I I don't know. He he served in World War Two, so that gives you a sense of his age. Mister Hurley was uh, born in nineteen nineteen. Maybe they knew each other. They might have actually gone to school together. <laughs> so you're, you're like shitting on your. your I thought he sounded friend. like you. He didn't sound like he had a real Irish accent. He probably so- your great great uncle's best friend ever. Probably they probably like were total bros. <laughs> probably went out drinking together. Yeah, that's definite. <laughs> Jesus, I bet Dan or Hurley they probably saved your great uncle's life. <laughs> now you're writing fan fiction about this guy. Jesus, so probably let's move on. <laughs> your family tree would have been wiped out if not for his heroic oh action. Oh my god, and I'm calling him a fake Irishman. That's just awful. It is. I, sh- I hang my head in shame. Well, uh, all I can say is it's well-deserved. <laughs> You're the one who wanted to watch this, Kevin. Who should really be hanging their head in shame? I told you I've not seen this since I was, I guess if it went out there in December of 79, I was at that point eight. Well, I think we should go back in time and yell at your seven-year-old self. I mean, once there was some sort of family function <laughs> uh, that I, I was at, and when the, the man's... When a man called Sloan came on, <laughs> as I was watching the clock, I said, we gotta stop everything. Then <laughs> my uncle in an uncle's house, and I went and sat in front of the TV to watch the latest exciting episode. 
Everyone else is like, where's that little freak? I was watching a man called Sloan Figures. I honestly thought it was as good as James Bond, and it's not. <laughs> what it's do you, not even close. What do you think appealed to young Kevin? It's not even close. No, let's unpack this. What appealed to you at that age? Uh, <laughs> Robert Conrad seemed to get on well with the ladies. He seemed to be charming. He had little adventures. He had fun gadgets. Any kid wants a gadget. Yeah, any kid does want a gadget. At one point in in the episode, no one's following the plot, so no. that doesn't matter. That's not why so, we're watching a man called Sloan. I actually don't know why we're watching a man called Sloan. There's, there's, a, there's a part where he and a lady or I guess on some sort of beach and there's this extended sequence where this dune buggy uh, will come within like maybe 10 feet of them and then turn around and come within 10 feet of them again. And they're like run and get in bushes and wait for that, for it to come back. So it'll pass them. They're running, hiding bushes. It passes them again. So then they ride and run and hide in other bushes. And then it passes them again. That's just called being a pedestrian in Indianapolis. And so he has a gadget where I don't know why it took, takes him so long to use it. Because this sequence lasted like 10 minutes. <laughs> it was half the episode. He, he reaches the gadget. He points it vaguely in the direction of the dune buggy. Uh, he pushes the button and there's an explosion and the dune buggy driver is killed horribly. <laughs> I think that dune buggy driver was a robot, no? So, so yeah. So Rodney, Rodney McDowell is making these robots and he reveals his plan to a young lady who's working with him. He says, young lady who's working with me, I'm making all these robots. They're going to rule the world. What do you think about that? And she's like, oh, no, Mr. McDowell, I don't really like that. I think I need to go home and lie down. And I was like, if you, like, they always do this in these things. Wouldn't you just be like, that's great. Love that, boss. And then, like, at the end of the day, just clock out like normal and just don't come back. Right? So, of course, she's like, I think this is wrong. And then she gets arrested by the robots. So you're advocating for what we would call, what, the good Nazi approach? I'm just saying you You would have just gone along. I would you would have just gone along. For a day. For, until the end of my fucking shift. So for eight hours, you're participating in Nazi. Hey, it looks like the mid-afternoon. Okay, maybe two hours at tops. And then I and then I go home and I call the police. Jesus. Well, if you can live with that. Oh, my God. Well, she's just a sculptor. She's not, like, designing it. What, what is she? What is her role? She's just making the faces of the robots? I don't even know. It, the whole thing is so weird. I, I, this whole thing has a very off-kilter feel to it for some reason. I can't really put my finger on it. So then suddenly, uh, Sloan wants to break into Roddy McDowell's headquarters. And, oh, there's there a sequence first. I'm getting all over the place. Just like the show. Uh, he convinces his boss, I can get back in with these guys. Just give me real pellets. Yeah, give me the real shit. Give me the real stuff. Come on, you know you want to. And, and, and so then we cut to the uh, sexy helicopter pilot is getting a massage from an old lady. We zoom in on her <laughs> back, and then we zoom out, and the old lady is gone, perhaps killed. And she <laughs> Maybe she's just a robot. 
she's been replaced by Sloane. And Sloane said, guess what, babe? I got the real pellets now. And then, uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm a good, I, I really want to give these pellets to him. Uh, what happened before was uh, some black guy I was working <laughs> with <laughs> gave me bad pellets. <laughs> what? That's what he says. He didn't say that. The guy, the, the tortoise. Because what happens, what happens is <laughs> they go out into the parking lot together and torque is like uh, lurking around a car and so sloan like pulls a gun on him and it's a very racist scene how, how is it a racist scene why don't you explain that why don't you explain no, it? you explain it what makes it racist do we need to cut this part out no i don't think so you explain it i've set the stage i'm raising the curtain you explain Sloan and Torque's little street well, theater. Well, like Sloan is just like harassing this black guy who happens, you know, is Torque in in this parking lot, and it just looks weird. The whole thing just looks off and disturbing. And then he's like, "I'm going to take care of this guy." And the woman drives off, and I guess the implication is going to kill Torque. You see, I'm going to take care of this guy. Why don't you go and visit your secret headquarters in this guy's car, which I haven't put any transmitters or anything on. So she apparently came there in her own car. <laughs> now she's, how's she going to get back? This is pre-Uber. So she drives off and like the second she gets out of frame, like Tork and Sloan are like smiling. Like, oh, we sure thrilled her. She's also probably, she'd look back in her rear view mirror. She'd see that he's not killing this guy. She'd see they were like smiling and laughing because Sloan's no racist. <laughs> not a man called Sloan. So then Sloan, now that he's tracked her to the headquarters, she's he's given her one pellet to test. And uh, they need three pellets to power the robots. That's what we've been told. Yes. But then we forget about it. They've <laughs> emphasized that, people. They've emphasized the three pellets or else. We need the three. And then forget about it. Don't worry about it. It's One's fine. I was just over-exaggerating. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
So then we cut to Sloan outside the house, and he's... What does Sloan do with that camera? The security camera. So, no. First we cut to just the security camera, and, and the this, like, like stippling is appearing all over it. And I thought for a second ants were crawling over the thing. I was like, what the fuck shit is this? And it's, 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 it's Sloan spray painting the camera. But it took me, a, it took me a moment to figure out what the fuck was going on. That's the, the spy's big move. He goes down to Ace Hardware, <laughs> buys like a 99 cent can of spray paint. That's his big gadget. You know, sometimes simple is best. That's the Sloan method. And isn't this when we get an extended uh, shot of his backside. Yeah, big booty. <laughs> big booty zoom in, jumping over the fence. Flesh colored pants. Flesh colored pants. And this shot lingers. And at this point, I was like, I was on IMDb, and there's a reviewer on IMDb who says, frankly, Robert Conrad did not have the body for these kinds of acrobatics. <laughs> The problem isn't like the problem is like we're supposed to think he's really smooth and cool. If he was embracing the dad bod and the dad lifestyle, that would be fine because we'd be like, okay, like he's he's still he's still nimble for a dad, but it wants you to think I'm a cool, sexy, uh, twenty nine at most year old. I mean, it's like okay, calm, calm the fuck down. Do you know what I mean? I oh jeez. And you were asking me like if you could move better. I don't think. I don't think you could hop a fence, but I think you would do a better job of like dignified, a dignified entrance. Yeah, if I knew where a camera is, I'm not gonna be showing my backside. You'd like to it. instead of buying instead of buying a uh, spray paint at at Ace, you'd go and buy a ladder, perhaps, right, and go over at a different entry point so you're not on film. And then I'd go on Instagram and get a filter <laughs> for your butt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then knowing you, you'd accidentally put like dog ears on your butt or something trying to do different <laughs> filters. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was kind of, it, the, the whole, the whole episode just feels slightly off. I just, I loved it. I, I really loved watching this because I never knew what was going to happen. <laughs> I knew the general plot of the, okay, oh, the robots are going to be bad, but I, I never knew what the fuck weird shit was going to go down. And I love shows like that. So then he gets into the secret compound. He's confronted by a robot. The robot has a flamethrower in his mouth. It's surreal. I love that. It's like, these nachos are really hot. And and so, like, Sloane, what, did he gives him a gentle push? Yeah, just kind of a gentle, ugh, get out of here. He's and he falls into a pool, and he's electrocuted. Yeah, just... And so these menacing robots we're supposed to be so terrified of, all you need to defeat them is a rainstorm or garden hose. Yeah, gar get us, get some kids out with some super soakers. Go back to that Ace Hardware, get a good sprinkler. Yeah, this is they're not gonna they're gonna they're gonna show up and like some areas may be fucked. Like they they can take over Phoenix, but they're not gonna get Seattle, right? I mean they're not gonna they're not gonna last two seconds in the Pacific Northwest. I just I don't know. The, the the robots became much less intimidating after that. And wouldn't you think Riley McDowell's this brilliant inventor just make them waterproof? We're water resistant. You drop your iPhone in the pool, it'll be okay. Yeah, I mean this one I have, but in previous versions it might get fucked up. 
But e- either way, you should be doing better. You should be aiming for more. <laughs> so you drop it in the pool. You suddenly, you, 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 all your energy went down. You were like sadly remembering your iPhone experiences. Uh, just, uh, yeah, exactly. I was going through my flashbacks. Tell me your iPhone flashbacks. I, I just, I've, I've dropped them. I've, the, I've, I've had a lot of technological. So you've literally mishaps. dropped it in a pool. I've not dropped a phone in a pool, which is almost surprising, frankly. But I've dropped phones, yeah, just about everywhere else. In the toilet? Dropped, uh, n- no, no. I just, but just, I remember when I spilled like a big glass of water on one once, and I was like, "This is just comical." My current one, I, I know, I, I think you'll remember. I was listening to some really shitty true crime podcast, uh, in the bathtub, which is kind of a disturbing image so sorry about that everybody but and then you came into the house and i kind of jumped up to be excited and then that sent a wave that like basically sucked the phone into the bathtub and then it was a it was a tense few hours while it was rebooting but it was okay maybe the robots are like that maybe it looks bad for a minute but then it then you know it could you, be rebooted like yeah, put them in, in the some bathtub. put them in some rice you know and they're fine just have a big rice bath waiting for all the robots or to be safe you could have been taking a rice bath is is that really that appealing to you? Well, you could have dropped your iPhone and there was no problem. Like a bath of apples. Let's just let's just move on here. Okay. <laughs> you t- are you trying to be debonair like Sloan. I'm pulling it up. You know my little bath of apples banter with you. <laughs> Would you would you would you concede that was sexier than anything on this show? Yeah, wittier? actually, but I mean that's not really saying much, Kevin. And yeah, the opening where he's like, "Yeah, these these uh, monks use this massage." I was like, "Oh God, creep factor." So you were kind of given that those vibes with your bath of apple. I could also see you <laughs> trying to have a conversation like that with me in public, or like if we were on a plane and like me not hearing you over like the sound of taking off. <laughs> Would you like a bath of apples? I was like, what? <laughs> you calling me an asshole? What? <laughs> so I can see how some of your personality was molded by this Sloan yeah. show. Oh, it's an it's an it's a reference to this weird album. Comfort me with apples by the great India Adams. Well, I mean, I do love apples, so I wouldn't want to bathe in them though. I didn't just pull it out of nowhere. I figured you were just being your oddball self, your Sloan-esque self. But then, you know, you get one guy, one robot in a pool and kill him. But this guy has a lot of robots. You can't push them all in the pool. So he's swiftly captured. And then he's he is imprisoned in a room with that sculptor lady. And the security system there is like uh, cartoons. Yeah, it's like if I turn on this switch, big purple beams will blare from the ceiling. And they're really badly animated purple beams. Yeah, it's pretty sad. And so the exciting, you want your heroes to do exciting things and you want them to look really great doing them. And so the way they escape from this death trap is they find a, a tea tray and they and Sloan holds it so it blocks and reflects one of the purple beams of light, at which point the lady crawls between his legs. And then she holds the tray awkwardly and he crawls between her legs. 
Maybe they explained it. I didn't even get what the urgency was because they were just in a nice like hotel suite together and like. Didn't Riley McDowell say you only have half an hour? Yeah, and I was like, I was like, I, I was thinking that I'm like, what the fuck's gonna? Are the, the we're not seeing the beams move towards them like it's gonna slice like 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 spikes on the walls or something? It, it just oh, after thirty minutes you're gonna have to check out. I mean, what the fuck's? I mean, I don't. Ugh, the whole thing just annoyed me, and that was embarrassing. Yeah, the the going under the legs just situation. Also, he's supposed Rodney McDowell's supposed to be this genius inventor. You didn't think about this. Like, let's get let's hand them. There's lots of things Rodney McDowell didn't think of. He didn't of. think of a lot. Because then they walk into the room where all the robots were, and they see Rodney McDowell lying dead on the floor. <laughs> End of the episode. Take it from there. Turns out Rodney McDowell's main robot. Who needed three pellets and only had one. Only had one. With just one pellet, decided that he was going to go evil and destroy his creator so he could be in charge because he's named Alexander after Alexander the Great. And then it turns out the pilot lady from the beginning, she's all like into it. Like she's keep on being like, I want to fuck this robot. Like literally, basically in front of everybody because he's like a big, strong robot. And she I guess that's what she's into. And she uh, she goes with him after he's killed Roddy McDowell to be his robot to be his girlfriend, basically. And so he's his plan is world domination. And you're thinking, okay, it's a robot thing, but this man, this 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 robot man, he has hypnosis powers. He can freeze people. He can shoot flames. He can do all this different shit. It's just so stupid. He has like unlimited power. I just wanted to point that out because I feel like a robot, robots aren't usually hypnotizing people. That's like a ghost thing or a wizard thing. But who's the wizard? See, the question is all through this episode, and I'm getting a whiff of it now. You were very, very judgmental about this woman's obvious sexual interest in the robot. Now, isn't it possible she was hypnotized by the robot into wanting to have sex with him? Oh, don't say that's just creepy. That's robot rape. I don't think that's what was happening though, because we never see that. And she pretty much quit. Like the only thing that breaks her out of it is she's like, eventually he's like, "I I have no more use for you," and she's like, "Oh, that sucks." So I'm gonna have you strangled. She's like, hey, come on, that's not fair. And he's like, yeah, I'm a robot, I don't really care. And she's like, ah, what an asshole. So that's and not- then, then, then She doesn't even really try to escape. She said, ah, okay, well, what are you going to do? fuck me, I guess I chose the wrong side. But maybe she was hypnotized into making bad decisions. I don't, I don't think so. I think she just, she was looking at the robot very early. He, see, when, when we saw her first making, like, fuck me eyes at the robot, normally when he's hypnotizing people, his eyes are glowing yellow. He wasn't doing that to her. She was just into it. In fairness, my eyes don't always glow when I hypnotize you. Oh, no! <laughs> That's your Sloan moves. <laughs> God. But then uh, Sloan and Tork uh, show up and save her. And then we cut to the end of the episode where the sculpture lady is making uh, a sculpture of Sloan. This has been a running gag of the sculptor lady's mom hating all the men she brings home. So then... Sloan like wins over her mom, but so does the Irishman who I slandered. I guess he's gonna date the mom, and he's he's like, "Ah, oh, come in! I'm making like, oh, you know, we're having your mother's salad, but my dressing." And it was like, okay, <laughs> a little I bit. Think, odd. I think it was Torque there too. Torque's there, obviously, and uh, and it clo- it closes on. Did you say it closes on this shot of a really bad sculpture? Of 
Sloane's face. Yeah. Haunting. Chilling. Bizarre. Kevin's childhood. One of your formative moments. I love this show. It was on Saturday nights. I adored it. Best thing I'd ever seen. It's like seeing a new James Bond movie every week. <laughs> For the price of nothing. But keep in mind, my, my gold standard of James Bond movies was like Moonraker. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Five hours of dune buggy, moon buggy action. Yeah, this, this was a... Uh... Okay, but I'm going to tell you this. I would take this episode, because it made me laugh, okay? I, I was cracking up at some of the weirdness. Uh, the the year-long underwater fight in, like, two James Bond movies didn't make me laugh. The year-long moon buggy chase didn't make me laugh. Nor did the year-long speedboat chase in Live and Let Die with the racist sheriff. So... This, in some ways, was more entertaining than those elements of James Bond. What about uh, Sloane's and Torque's little racist street theater? That was that was funny in like a horrifying sense. And, and like Torque had the pellets hidden in his finger, so like t- like Sloane had to like take the guy's pull finger my up. finger. That's how you get the pellets. I mean, what the fuck? It's just, it was, it was uh, the pellets. And also pellets is not an intimidating word at all. They should have picked something better. Why not like gems or something? That sounds cooler. You get Roddy McDowell as a guest star. You kill him off in the middle of the episode? Maybe he had a go. (laughs) He wanted to take a rain check and they're like, oh, we'll just have the robots kill him. I don't know. It was, it was, it was really bad, but it was kind of funny bad in my opinion. It, It didn't, it wasn't dull. So you're a fan. I'd watch another one. I thought it was pretty funny. So w- would you watch the entire run? Are you, will you commit now, before the cock crows three times, to watch the entire run of A Man Called Slug and report back to Mystery to Me your findings? <laughs> all I can say to that is, all for Sloan and Sloan for all! <laughs> Uh, are 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 the people who were into the Sloan fandom? Are they the Sloan Rangers? <laughs> I I have to the premise of your there's nobody into <laughs> Sloan. I know I'm kidding. It's just you. I'm surprised that we didn't like turn this on and find it was all just like, you know, that's you know fuzzy snowy TV white noise thing. Like there was no. There was no show called Man from Sloan. A man called Sloan. Whatever. I don't care. A man from Sloan. If they didn't want to make people I'm a man from Sloan. You are a man from Sloan, and that's really (laughs) says something very bad about your character. (laughs) Jesus, you're dying now. Now you've been exposed. You're, you're, you're... I'm confusing with a man from Uncle. I know, I just... Oh, you mean a man called Uncle? (laughs) See, that would offend you. That would shake you to your core. That was an actual show! It ran for multiple seasons! A man called Uncle? No, the man from Uncle. Oh, my God. A man called... I just... Here's the thing, like... Like, David. A man called Uncle. You have an uncle named David. And so do you. Yes. Here's the thing, though. I feel like... Some shows... I was thinking about this. Some shows can get away with... Like... The, the, a good example, 24, right? 
Great program. And it just tells you what it is, 24 hours of the day. Uh, lost. They don't know where they are. They're on an island. They crashed on a plane. Where They're lost. What you know? What's going to happen? Are they going to find themselves, get found, find some dumb number shit? Who knows? But, like, a man, the man from UNCLE doesn't make sense on numerous levels because it also is about two guys, ultimately, even though it was initially planned as one. But, like, it just kind of, you kind of just roll with it. But then a, a man called Sloan. What were they trying to get at with that title? Like, are we supposed to be that impressed by this guy? What about a man called Hawk? One season show with the great Avery Brooks. Do they have a crossover episode where it's Sloan and Hawk? Hawk and Sloan. You'd love that. A Sloan and Hawk episode? I don't know what the Hawk thing is about. About this man called Hawk. Jesus see, you see, there's this guy named Spencer. Who is this uh, private eye in Boston? Uh, he's a great old guy, and he has he has a moral code, but he has a friend who's a bit more violent than he is, a bit more aggressive. A guy named Hawk. So after the Spencer show went off the air, they said, "Well, let's keep it going with uh, give Hawk his own show. We'll call it A Man Called Hawk." Did that come first, or the man called Sloan come first? Who is man, man called Sloan came first? Okay. Why not just called it Hawk? And what did you feel about the 1970 film, A Man Called Horse? <laughs> I've never heard of this shit. Uh, and what did you think of the uh, 1970 spaghetti western film, A Man Called Sledge? Never, never heard of it. All these men and all their names. And I know you're a, a huge fan of Tom Hanks. He has a movie coming out later this year, uh, A Man Called Otto. I, I'm not aware of all these men and all their names. I'm sorry. Sorry to these men. So are we are we ready to go? Give us uh, your pithy one-liner. Make us laugh and then wipe away a tear. I'd say that the Night of the Wizard was not great television. <laughs> but its wackiness slown through brightly. <laughs> oh, God. Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore two underscore me underscore. And at mystery to me podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast at gmail.com. We're not teens setting up hotmail accounts in the early 2000s. So all of those spell out two as T O. Thanks, Thanks so, so much, much for, for listening. listening.